0: What's up, everybody? It's the Power Rankings podcast, aka the Power Rankings show. I am your host, Elliot Harrison, and I am pleased to be joined, as always, by at Marcus underscore Mosher. He's uh, here in kind of a sunburnt red uh, shirt. Oh, did you, your outfit? You're wearing a cream colored undershirt with a.
1: No, it's white. It just it probably looks like it's. Uh, it's oh longer.
0: i forgot i know i forgot you put that hue on your camera so you look more tan <laughs> and so that changes i forgot that you did that <laughs> no, I, so. yeah I'm no it's up good so you
1: can't even tell the weights underneath it oh
0: no, it's fine it's fine i used to do things like that when i was like 22. so i um wanted to ask you a bunch of questions today obviously because we have the nfl draft that just finished this weekend um it's a really interesting draft from a lot of perspectives outside of just your normal picks uh Marcus and I talked on the phone the other day just about the coverage of the draft how that's changed the approach to the draft and so there's a lot of uh kind of ancillary draft takes to have but uh overall did you enjoy yourself this weekend was it did it live up to what you hoped it to be were you over it by the end of the seventh round
1: How'd you feel? Uh, no, I, I had a lot of fun. I, I mean, we talked about the ESPN coverage. I thought Mel Kiper was incredible. Uh, he, he had us fastball uh, all weekend long. They showed highlights of just about every single player that was drafted. We had big trades. Uh, we had some guys that fell that made for some interesting drama. It was it was a fun draft. It was a very memorable one for me. I thought the direction was excellent by
0: ESPN. Um you know, I'm not some big ESPN honk. I've barely been watching ESPN, to be frank. But I loved, first of all, they didn't clutter it. Like, it wasn't just graphics everywhere. Yeah. I liked how they did the superimposed banner with the helmet of the team when they were making their selection. So they'd show, like, a crowd shot, and then you'd see, you know, the Saints helmet with a banner over the crowd. And then they played that little synth music. <laughs> Straight out of a like 1984 lover boy video that was a band in the eighties, uh, Marcus. And you know,
1: yeah, sweet. We, well, the other thing I should mention is they really turned down like the, the emotional backstories about the worst thing that ever happened in this player's life. Right. We, we yeah. got that a couple of years ago and it was horrendous. It made you cry after every pick. Instead, we just got straight Mel Kiper, Todd McShay, Lewis Riddick, breaking down the player and how they projected the NFL. And i really liked that i thought the broadcast itself was phenomenal
0: uh you don't like the roy firestone i'm not gonna cry roy remember
1: that from uh jerry mcguire i do i do it just it was a little a little too much the last couple of years this was this was much better um i'm gonna move my helmet sorry it's very important podcast. that you see my
0: North Texas helmet. Yeah, you know, it's very, yeah. very important. The main green, Marcus, were you familiar that that was North Texas's mascot? Of course, Lance Dunbar, uh, alumni? How many North Texas players were drafted in this draft? Uh, zero. Think Zero. Yes. Did you look at anyone when you were studying tape? Did you study
1: tape of even a single North Texas main green player? Uh, not this year. Last year, Jalen Darden, a lot, though. He was a good receiver the Tampa Bay drafted. That was one that I really liked. What happened with him? Fourth round pick, Tampa Bay. He, was, uh, he yeah. got involved in the rotation.
0: Kind of, sort of, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, uh, so the coverage was cool. Um, the event in Las Vegas, are you over it, or do you think it's cool the way they kind of make this a big I, I got a question People for you getting married on stage <laughs> and stuff.
1: Where are you with that? What, what football fan shows up to a draft event wearing a, their favorite team's Jersey that just says draft pick on the back. Like what kind of fan are you to go to the an event like this?
0: I don't know. Uh, you know, you, I, I, you know, I, I'm not a big Jersey wearing guy to be honest. Um, <laughs> yeah. But I'm
1: saying like, who buys a jersey that just says draft pick on it? That, that's what I really want to know. And then you you wear the big cowboy hat with the lights blinking out of it in the Vegas heat for seven hours. I mean, that will, I just don't know any draft fan that would be doing that. I,
0: yeah, look, you had me at hello. I hate to quote Jerry Maguire a second time here, but uh, that was when Renee Zellweger was when in the reading group with her friends. Yeah, and he comes home. And his hair is slightly tousled, tousled, but perfect, because he somehow made it to the airport and to her house, to her reading group at like one
1: in the morning. He's having a book club. There's some time problems that are wrong with that movie that we don't have to get into, but it's okay. Do
0: you remember what he said to her when she said you had me at hello? I don't. You can't me. Okay. So, uh, can I get off uh, a couple yeah, of, please, please. <laughs> a, we get into what we're going to do here today. So, by the way, a uh, big treat for you guys today. Marcus took every team's best draft pick, in his opinion, and going to talk about it here. So, it's going to be all positive vibes, but we have to, it's only tradition if we get out a little bit of curmudgeony, Carl. So a little curmudgeony, Carl, before we get to every team's best draft pick. Here we go, Marcus. You can tell me if I'm being extra curmudgeon or if there's actually some truth to what I'm saying here. Uh, This idea of um, the way people look at draft picks, like they need to be protected by the U.S. government. I mean, my gosh, draft picks are not that valuable. The percentage of players that turn into even consistent starters – is is probably not even one in ten. It's not even one in ten in the draft. How many starters are you going to get out of this draft? Are you uh, maybe maybe
1: forty? Uh, talk about of- yeah, yeah. If you're ahead. if you're a team and you get three starters out of a draft class, it's a home run, right? That's a home run. Yeah. Yes. So. We talk about all these players like every single guy that got drafted in the top 100 is going to be a starter by the 2023 th- season. That just doesn't happen, right? It's, if you can find one to two starters in a draft class, you, you had a good class. You
0: cover the Cowboys for Locked On Cowboys. How many starters did the Cowboys get out of last year's draft?
1: I'd say one and a half, right? You got Micah Parsons and mm-hmm. Osa Odigizua, who was a good rotational guy that started yes. a lot of the season. And they were considered
0: to have a good draft. Yeah, that's a good draft. Um, so the idea that they're 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 you know oh my gosh we can't part with our draft picks man if you're trying to contend and the NFL is about winning now go get you a player right now that can compete and give
1: away that fourth or fifth round pick for next year. Well, uh, I look at the, kind I of a small yeah. Go look, ahead. Really quickly, the Eagles they had pick was it, 18, and they are hoping that a receiver falls to them. That could potentially turn into AJ Brown, who is, you know, Traylon Burks, for example. That was the guy that was compared to AJ Brown. So, would you yep, rather just yep. take Traylon Burks at eighteen, hoping he becomes AJ Brown, or just trade your pick for AJ Brown? It, it, it seems so it's easy to me, and I know the contract factors into it, but go get the guy that you at least know can play. It didn't uh,
0: AJ Brown's former team draft burks yes wasn't it tennessee that what ended yes. up getting him yeah Is it, it's so silly uh you and i talked about a small so we're going to just give you all a, a minor trade that happened this week it's super minor the rams brought back uh troy hill to play defensive back uh th- uh he had been there before they traded a fifth round pick in next year's draft mm-hmm. first of all you're cleveland you just spent an unworldly amount of money on the quarterback position, thinking you're a good team that could do it. Cincinnati did. That's fine. I don't have any problem with that. So why do you want a fifth round pick next year? Why? What good does a fifth round pick do you? I'll take you one further. Let's see how many games that kid has started in the NFL. Am I coming out hot with curmudgeon? I, I just didn't
1: know if this was a rhetorical question or not, but please go ahead.
0: Okay. Let's let's how many games do you think Troy Hill started in his career? Just for fun.
1: 75.
0: Let's see. You're a little off, but I mean, still a lot. He started 43. He's okay. played 85. Sure. Uh, he's got seven career picks. Uh, he led the NFL in interception return yardage one year, uh, had two touchdowns that year on interception returns. Okay. And by the way, pretty good tackle numbers too. Okay. Player. So we've got, yeah, we've got a guy that started over 40 NFL games. So this is not a rhetorical question. I wanna ask you, how many fifth round picks, Marcus? You think, so there's 32 fifth round picks, approximately. Um, I know there's some compensatory stuff. Okay. How many of those 32 are gonna end up starting 43 games or more in the NFL?
1: One, maybe two.
0: How many of those are gonna lead the NFL in a category?
1: maybe one
0: maybe Maybe. one how many how many fifth round picks next year are going to help you win this year zero that was a rhetorical question zero I don't get it man I don't get it um I I just I think you know I was always told at NFL Network I'm almost rant almost over uh I was always told like hey man sometimes you're too far in the past you love history and history's cool but Okay, well, people that do draft analysis are too far in the future. I mean, the league is about trying to win now as much as you can. If you're sitting here saying, we're going to sit Malik Willis for two years behind Ryan Tannehill, you're eliminating two years of his best value when, did I just scream in your ear? No, you're good. Uh, You know, what's the advantage of having a young quarterback, Marcus? It's having them on the cheap, right? When you have a good Mm -hmm. team around them so that you could build the pieces around them but if you're sitting your young quarterback for two years you're eliminating half of the time that you have
1: that viable cap space am I crazy no but like all these things there's some nuance in the both those situations right like for, for example Troy Hill one year contract left for the Browns they can save some money And they get back additional draft capital, which they don't have a lot of because of the Watson trade. They know that this is probably not the year they're winning the Super Bowl. So why not move on, especially after you drafted a cornerback in round two? You already have a bunch of other younger corners. Might as well move on and save some money and get a, I mean, a late day three pick.
0: Okay, so great. Cool. We can get a day three pick that's probably never going to make our football team. Or just work with me here. What if an NFC team, we'll just call it the Cowboys, are playing this year and oh no, a safety turns his ankle. Oh no, another corner turns his ankle. We need a corner. Hey, I know who has a corner. Cleveland's got one that they don't want to play because they've got young guys. Let's send them a fourth round pick. Now you just got a higher pick, right? Or heaven forbid, what if Cleveland's having a really good year and all of a sudden, oh no, Cleveland's corner turns his ankle. Hey, look, guys, we had Troy Hill. We didn't trade him for a fifth-round pick next year. That's not even going to make our practice squad. And he's going to be working at Medieval Times in three years. Sorry, okay, I'm done. I like the Medieval Middle,
1: Middle Times show. That was a
0: lot of fun. <laughs> it is. Did you root for the Green Knight? Of course it did where where in corey pennsylvania no, no, no this a... was
1: on a vacation I, this was in myrtle oh. beach i went to one so
0: oh yeah i forgot you do the fancy vacations yeah uh, <laughs> you no, know, it's been part of the this whole process of evolution for you from outsourcing your shoveling your driveway to your wife unfortunately yeah
1: i'm yes. outsourcing okay so, that sounds bad <laughs> it,
0: no i meant I, you know what i meant don't be it's like right. that okay right. so if you disagree it's fine i just yeah, am i wrong to say that sometimes and you know my traditional argument against draft that they they really simmered down on this year which is he's going to be the left tackle there for the next 10 years yeah no he's not yeah, he's yeah. going to be there for four he's going to sign somewhere else for about 12 million a year or look at brandon yeah. sheriff right somebody like that exactly okay.
1: yeah we're, we're getting less that. and less of that which is good uh let's talk about the players they are going to be 10-year starters for every team coming up are you ready
0: uh, can I give you my team that had the best draft before sure. we start? Jets, how do you feel about that?
1: Don't disagree. Uh, they, got, they got three players in the first round that all could have went inside the top 10 picks. They got the best running back in the class. They got one of the better tight ends in the class. Uh, this isn't the draft that's going to make them a contender this year, but I wouldn't be surprised if they're a very competitive football team.
0: Okay, that's enough chess talk. Let's get to your list.
1: Okay. Uh, Arizona Cardinals. Um I didn't love the Hollywood Brown trade for them. I thought that was a little bit rich. Mm-hmm. Um but I did Me like K- yeah, but I did like Cameron Thomas. He's a defensive end from San Diego State. I I mean, he his body looks a lot like JJ Watt. He kind of plays that five technique, but you can kick him inside. Pretty raw, but in the second round, it was a great selection by them.
0: You know it's interesting because we talked about the Cardinals quite a bit, and I was I when that trade went down, were you scratching your head like why
1: <laughs> why I do I do think Hollywood makes more sense in Arizona than Baltimore, but the reason the Cardinals didn't get out of the first round of the playoffs wasn't due to the lack of receivers. it was the offensive line, and you traded away your mm-hmm. top asset to go get another receiver. I, I don't get it.
0: Yeah, and the Cardinals came right back around uh, just a few picks later and
1: took a defensive end as well. It, it, um, the Cardinals yeah. have now spent a first or second-round pick on a wide receiver in six consecutive drafts. I mean, no team invests more into their skill guys than than them. Plus, they also used their second-round pick in this class to get a tight end, to back up Zach Ertz. So they're trying to put as many weapons around Kyler Murray as possible. But, man, at what cost? You know, you and uh, Chad were down on the tight ends in this
0: class. Was Trey McBride your highest-rated tight end? He was, but it just doesn't make a lot of sense on
1: a team that just signed Zach Ertz to a contract extension. And 55 is still a pretty high pick. Absolutely
0: Um, it is. So, yeah, that's. I
1: can see why it's not your favorite. Let's go to Atlanta. Uh, Troy Anderson, a linebacker from Montana State. One of my favorite Mm -hmm. players in this class. I, I love Atlanta's philosophy here. He's probably not ready to play right away, but you're Atlanta, you're, you're rebuilding. So take a shot at a guy that is still learning to play linebacker. That's a freak athlete late in the second round. I, I thought that was tremendous value.
0: Wasn't he a quarterback?
1: He, he led point? Montana state in rushing yards, passing yards, touchdowns in tackles in four different seasons.
0: Yeah. I heard him on the radio talking and uh thoughtful guy. And uh, I don't, I don't know anything about him. I'm, I'm sorry. I have not watched Montana state tape. Recently fine. He's he, he's a core cool story though.
1: I'm really rooting for him.
0: Yeah. Uh, probably puts, needs to put some weight on, I would imagine. But, uh, then again, we've talked about how linebacker has morphed into a lighter position. He, he's um, huge. So he's
1: six five two forty five. 45. He might even need to lose. Oh, then he doesn't like, Oh, then he doesn't need to put on weight. Then
0: geez, the weight five, two
1: four, four, one 40 yard dash. That is that is haul and butt he, right there. You're just you're asking him to learn the position over the next couple years. But this is the kind of gamble that you should take if you're the Falcons. Uh what about Carolina? Any gambles, safe picks? What'd you uh, like? I really liked Ike the offensive tackle for mm-hmm. North Carolina State. I did not love the rest of their draft. Uh, but I'm glad that they weren't tempted to draft a quarterback at six. They just take I think maybe the best offensive lineman in the class, somebody who can play multiple positions, at least give whatever quarterback is playing under center a chance. I thought Aquanu was a great value at number six.
0: Yeah. And you and Chad had talked about, uh, Chad Ryder, if you uh, didn't listen to some of those podcasts, we had him on once a week and uh, talked about how Aquanu could very well go near the very, very top of this draft. Not that he, I mean, he did still went sixth, right. But Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's not unusual for NFL teams to think of tackles that highly. We'll see if he lives up to it. Uh, I hope he does. I Like I told you, I just enjoyed watching those tackles try to walk in their yeah. form-fitting suits. Their, their quads were so big, they couldn't even make it to stage.
1: Uh, Chicago Bears. I had a lot of problems with the Bears drafting in terms of what they did at receiver and what they didn't do in the offensive line. But I love the Kyler Gordon pick, a cornerback from Washington The secondary for Chicago was not very good last year. Um, They needed cornerbacks opposite of Jalen Johnson. I thought Gordon could have easily went inside the top 25 picks. He can play in the slot. He can play in the outside. They also drafted a safety, Jaquan Brisker, in the second round. Right after him. Yeah, Right after him. All of a sudden, they've got a pretty good secondary with Brisker and Jalen Johnson and Nettie Jackson and Kyler Gordon and Davon Young. The team is still a ways away, but that secondary is good. Do you feel
0: like the Pac-12 uh, Like – I've always felt like Pac-12 defensive players didn't get the respect.
1: Well, is, that, is that just my imagination? Uh, no, I think you're right. Washington defensive backs, they, we've had a bunch of them come out over the last couple of years, and they're all so well-coached. They're all tough. Um, and I think Gordon's going to be the next one to come right into the league and play well.
0: Uh, did you like any pick by the, our next team, Dallas Cowboys?
1: Uh, I did. Jalen Tolbert, wide receiver, South Alabama. He actually reminds me a lot of C.D. Lamb. He's like 6'1", 190 pounds, kind of has this lanky build, but very flexible. Can play on the outside, can play in the slot. Uh, I, I think he's somebody right away can be the Cowboys' third receiver. You can use him down the field. Uh, I think it's a, an incredible value at 88. I would, I would not have been shocked if he got picked inside the top 50.
0: Ah, so he can be slightly overrated, like CD Lamb as well. Okay, that's good. He's older than uh, CeeDee Lamb, so,
1: which is interesting. But
0: yeah, isn't eighty? Isn't this right around where Gallup went?
1: It is. Yeah, the Almost Cowboys right, have been pretty good at drafting receivers in the third, fourth round.
0: I think Gallup went like 80, 81, I believe third or four, eighty-one. Yeah, yep. it was right, right around there in the third round. That was the twenty
1: eighteen draft, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, Detroit Lions. Uh, I, I love like Detroit. The, yeah, I love Detroit. I, I mean, we could talk about Aiden Hutchinson, but I just want to mention a, a different guy. Josh Pascal. Okay. Now, if you're if you're not familiar yep. with Pascal's story, uh, high recruit coming out of college, uh, actually got a very rare form of skin cancer during the 2018 season. He had to have three different mm. surgeries to remove uh, some of the cancer. Uh, it, was, it was so tough on him. It made him so he couldn't walk. He had to learn how to rewalk. Josh. Uh, But he still battled, he played through it, uh, and 2021, he had an awesome season. He was one of the best players in the SEC. If you want somebody that is really tough and a fantastic run defender and plays hard every single snap, he is the perfect left defensive end. And I I couldn't pick a better guy to be with Dan Campbell. I I just love this fit.
0: Well, they, Campbell probably respects the heck out of this this kid's journey. Uh, Dan Campbell fought tooth and nail for his NFL career. He 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 played hard uh, as a blocking tight end in the league. Um, I love the fact that they're fortifying the defensive line. We've talked about it many times, man. H- Hundred years of the NFL, bro. Oh yeah, winning on Det- the
1: offensive line and defensive line is still where you win games. Detroit fans are going to absolutely love Josh Pascal. He's going to become one of their favorite players, and I. I of all the players in the draft, this is the guy I'm rooting for the most. He, he's just such a cool story.
0: Hey, I'm rooting for the Lions. Period. Yeah. So uh, yep. Lions, Chargers, Super Bowl. All
1: right, Green Bay. Didn't Ugh. love Green Bay's Ugh. draft. It is not great. Uh, I did like a pick that they made later on Kingsley Inubare, uh, a defensive end from South Carolina. Not wow. really a fifth not, round. Yeah, not really a pass rusher, uh, but he's somebody that can set the edge. Can play the run he's just a fighter, man. If you need somebody to go battle an offensive tackle and hold up against the run, I think he can do that. And we know that the Packers needed a third edge guy. I think he steps right in and plays that spot for them. Yeah. The size to
0: to set the edge though. Yes. That's the thing. Cause uh, all right. If you're going to free up the rushers, you've got to, you've got to have it. If you're not a pass rusher yourself, Uh, Los Angeles Rams. This is interesting because the Rams really didn't have a lot of picks.
1: No, no, they didn't. Uh, And I didn't love any of their other picks outside of this one. Logan Bruss, uh, offensive lineman for Wisconsin, started 26 games at right tackle, played six games at right guard, also started three games at tight end early in his career. Uh, I think he's somebody that can be part of the rotation early on, maybe your sixth or seventh interior guy, and we'll see if he can eventually take over one of the starting roles down the line. I should say the Rams
0: actually did have a lot of picks. It's just, they were all back end uh, yes. of the draft. Uh, you know what my favorite Rams move of the draft was? Trade for Troy Hill. That's right. Spending a fifth round yeah. pick for next year that has no value for you right now and getting a player that can contribute and know your system. Agreed. Great move. Perfect okay. for them. Next up, let's do it.
1: Uh, I liked a lot of the Vikings picks, but the one I like best is Brian Asamoa, uh, a six foot, 225 pound weak side linebacker with a massive wingspan. He can just fly sideline to sideline. They've already got a couple of really good linebackers there with Eric Kendricks, uh, and they signed Jordan Hicks. But this is a guy that you play on special teams, maybe put him in on sub packages, uh, but he can really cover And I think maybe 2023, 2024, you found a starting linebacker. You know, you and I talked
0: about in a podcast last week that you look at their roster, Minnesota's roster is pretty consistently good. Maybe not a lot of stars on that roster, but not a lot of holes either. Be interesting to see what they can do this year. I almost said they're going to be better than nine and seven. Then I had to remember it's nine and eight now.
1: Uh, it wouldn't shock me though if they go 10 and seven. Like that roster is just legitimately yeah. good and deep.
0: Can we just revolt and say 10 and six anyway? Yes, let's do
1: that. Yes, please. Yeah,
0: they'll be 10 and six going into the 17th game. Okay. uh, New Orleans Saints, a team that I've been a little bit higher on than you. Did they help
1: themselves this draft? The main thing they needed was speed. Absolutely. They did. I I did not love the trade up for Chris Olave, but I love the player. Uh, This is a guy that can run in the four threes all day long. Uh, He's one of the best route runners in the class. And he's a perfect fit opposite of Michael Thomas. I, he He's instantly the number two receiver on this team. And he makes that offense so much faster.
0: Yeah, we had a historic run on wide receivers uh, in this draft. Uh, the Saints picked at 11th, but they also picked at 19th. Did you like the Trevor Penning pick for their offensive I, line?
1: I did. Uh, Trevor Penning, very similar to Teron Armstead. Kind of raw coming out of school, but a great athlete that has a mean streak. I, I think he starts day one for them.
0: All right. Uh, New York Giants are next up on our list. They needed a lot of help for Danny Dimes, but they needed help really everywhere. Marcus, what was the pick you liked the most?
1: Uh, Evan Neal, the offensive tackle from Alabama. If I was running Jacksonville, this is who I would have taken at number one. So to get him all the way at number seven is a phenomenal uh, pick. You could play him at left guard. Uh, They're probably going to play him at right tackle right away. And I think he can do it. He reminds me a lot of Leonard Davis where you can put him anywhere and he's just going to be so much bigger and more athletic than the opponent. Uh, great fit in New York.
0: Yeah, watching the tape during the draft of him, he sure does move well, man. Uh, yeah. it, you know, just it was it was cool watching that highlight tape. And, of course, uh, the school he played at, think about the competition he was going up, not only in his conference but in practice. Oh, yeah. So, uh, yeah, I, I like this. All right. Uh, Philadelphia Eagles next up. I've told Marcus, I think the Eagles are the best team in the NFC East. Did the draft prove that to you?
1: Or was there a pick that you loved? They, they had a really good draft. I'm not quite there with you about them being the best team in the NFC East, but this is a good draft. And Kobe Dean in the third round, I think mm-hmm. through the pre-draft process, this is somebody that was viewed as a top 20, top 25 pick. There's some concerns about his long-term health in the NFL, When you're drafting a linebacker in the third round, all you're expecting to get out of him is a rookie contract. I think he can come in right now, play, give you high-quality production at a spot that the Eagles have really been weak at over the last few years.
0: You know, there was a lot of uh, anticipation about where the quarterbacks were going to go, but would you say that this was the highest-rated talent to Mm -hmm. drop the farthest?
1: Yes. Uh, I I saw early on in the process N'Kobi Dean going 12, Thirteen. So for him to fall all the way to 80-something is pretty insane. Right, right. Okay, let's get to the uh, San Francisco 49ers. What do you got? Didn't love their draft, but the one pick I did like a little bit is Drake Jackson uh, and Ed Drescher from USC. They love to invest in their defensive line. You can put this guy on either spot, uh, side of Nick Bosa. Uh, he can stop the run. He can play inside in pass rush situations. Uh, very talented. I think a year ago, he was looked at as maybe a top 10, top 15 pick. Uh, didn't play particularly well last year, but still very talented.
0: And they drafted a guy from USC, then LSU, then SMU. It was their tri-code acronym run of the draft. <laughs> yes. All right, cool. Uh, let's go to Seattle Seahawks. Seattle, a team that that I just felt like had to get this draft yeah. They need, of, of all the teams in the league, I felt like this team really needed to knock this draft out of the park. Do you feel like they did that from a team standpoint, the whole class, and what pick did you like the best? Because they didn't take a quarterback where people thought they were when they
1: had that quick turnaround early in the second round. Which I'm glad because they're not ready for a quarterback. Now, they drafted a running back at 41, which is very debatable, but I like the rest of their draft. Uh, Kobe Bryant, a cornerback from Cincinnati, he was named the the Jim Thorpe Award winner last year. Uh, as the best defensive player and defensive back in college football. What I like about this pick is he's different than what Seattle normally goes for a cornerback. Usually they want these long-armed, super athletic players, and that's just not Mm -hmm. Kobe Bryant. But he's a really tough, physical corner that's going to get in your face and make a bunch of tackles and have a bunch of pass deflections. I would not be shocked if he starts right away for them. He's that good of a player.
0: Yeah, and they swung back around and took another corner from UT San Antonio. Not a lot of players. Tariq Woolen, San
1: Antonio. Yeah,
0: I think that was the was it the fifth round. I mean, and and that's the look. type of corner they usually
1: yeah. draft, right? The six four four two speed guy with insane length that just doesn't know how to play football yet.
0: How can you be six four and run a four two?
1: Second that's fastest play- Yeah, second fastest player in the draft uh, at the Senior Bowl. His GPS uh, twenty three miles per hour, which is. Faster than any other player in the NFL last year.
0: I thought when you said GPS I was going to be like, wouldn't it be the same as all the other players on the map? He would have been in the same spot. Sorry, uh, let's go to Tampa. That was definitely dad humor.
1: Yeah, sorry,
0: uh, that was wor- that was below yeah. dad humor to be frank.
1: Logan Hall, defensive tackle from Houston. The the yep. box had a huge need in t- at the interior defensive line spot. They have yep. Vita We Veya, talked they, about this. Yeah, and they needed somebody that can rush the passer. And that's exactly what Logan Hall can do. He's long, he's athletic. You can play him inside, you can play him outside. Uh, A perfect fit for Tampa.
0: Yeah, Tampa. I I thought they were going to hit defensive line pretty hard. They didn't really hit it hard. They got one a guy in the second round who you just talked about, Logan Hall. But they also drafted a kid in the seventh round. But we talked about that when we were saying, you know, what what the teams really could not afford to miss on. And I thought defensive line was imperative uh, for this football team, given that Indominus not there. Yeah, uh, Pierre Paul's not there. Uh, We'll see how if he can contribute right away. Uh, Washington Commanders. Sam How Howell, the
1: NFC. Yeah, Sam Howe, quarterback from North Carolina. They got him in the fifth round. I mean, I know a lot of people <laughs> going into the draft or going into this 2021 season thought he could be maybe the number one pick. Struggled a little bit this year. But when you're drafting a quarterback in the fifth round, the hope is that he can become a solid backup. Like there's no expectations here, right? And you draft a guy mm-hmm. that has a lot of talent, uh, they can run, and now he gets to sit for a year or two. It's a perfect landing spot for him.
0: Why sit? Why why not let him compete? Is he that developmental of a guy
1: that he can't come in and and understand um, the offense yeah. and compete? I mean, I, I I mean, I'm not the biggest Carson Wentz fan, but Carson Wentz just gives him a better chance to win right now. I think how if you want to develop him, you let him kind of get up to the speed of the NFL, let Washington build up the offensive line. That's probably the better path here. Okay. Just wondering. All right, let's look at some AFC teams. Yeah. Uh,
0: so far, this is uh, this has been interesting because there's a couple of guys that you named that I didn't think that you were going to name. And you're also going deep into the cupboard here, which I like as well. Let's start with Baltimore
1: Ravens. Are you back in on a Ravens culture? All the way back in on Ravens culture. You know I would be after this draft. Uh, Tyler Linderbaum, center from Iowa. He's mm-hmm. not very big, but he is so good in the run game. He's so t- smart. He's so tough. Uh, And they give somebody that, you know, can be a long-term starter for them. And to get him at 25, I thought he was one of the top 10 players in this class. Love this for Baltimore.
0: Especially with so much of your running game or, uh, you know, originating at the quarterback position. I love the idea of having a strong center to anchor that line. Uh, Seems like a really quality pick. Uh, Did Buffalo help themselves as much as Baltimore did?
1: It did. I love their first two picks uh, in Khalil Elam and James Cook, a running back from Georgia. But I really like Khalil Shakir, a wide receiver from Boise State, who I compared to Stefan Diggs kind of coming into the draft. I think Shakir can help out as the slot receiver. Remember, they lost Cole Beasley in free agency. Oh, they cut him. Uh, and then he can also help out as a returner. And I think this is somebody that just gets open and catches every single pass.
0: What about the punter they took from San Diego State? Did that get you, uh, did that pump your Matt, oysters?
1: Matt Ariza, Uh Yeah, that's that's a lot of fun. I, he's going to have some booming punts there in Buffalo. That's that's great.
0: Let's have some more punter talk, except not at all. Let's go to Cincinnati. Cincinnati. Uh, trying to get back to the Super Bowl. Mm. Any picks that you love that were Super Bowl worthy here?
1: Yeah, their their first round pick, Dax Hill from Michigan. Uh, he mm-hmm. can do it all. Incredibly smart. Can play in the slot. Can play in the box. They needed another guy like this that can be. You can move around a little bit. Um, I, I, I just this is. I I can't overstate how perfect of a fit this is. Uh, such a good tackler. Can blitz like crazy. Uh, I love this for
0: Cincinnati. Boy, Cincinnati hit defense hard in this draft. They hit their
1: secondary hard hard in this draft. Because because they know if they're going to win the AFC, they've got to stop Buffalo, Kansas City, and the Chargers. Three elite passing uh, teams. You better have five, six, seven defensive backs that you feel comfortable with in coverage.
0: Not to mention all three teams in their division got better at quarterback. All of them. Baltimore got better because the quarterback's healthy. Pittsburgh got better at quarterback. Cleveland got better at quarterback. But yeah, you look at their draft Cam Taylor Britt, that was their second round pick. Also a corner out of Nebraska. These aren't small school kids. Nope. You know, they get a defensive end in the third round. They did take a tackle in the fourth, but then they go right back to the secondary. They get a safety from Toledo. Yeah, I mean, they they even got a linebacker with their seventh-round pick uh, out of Coastal Carolina.
1: Did you look up Jeffrey Gunter? Did you watch Jeffrey Gunter? I did because I thought he was going to be potentially a third or fourth-round pick. He's Uh. one of these guys that can kick inside and play defensive tackle. Not super athletic, but uh, tough as nails. I just did what you do to Chad, where you just name a random Oh, yeah. Tyson Anderson. Also, the safety they drafted from Toledo – he is an excellent athlete, probably more of a special teams guy, but you can play in him sub-packages if you need to.
0: Hey, but if Anderson can get in and play special teams right away, Perfect. that's a win. If you're yep. talking about a day three pick, wasn't he fifth round, yep. I think? Yeah. Yep. You get a fifth round pick that can instantly come in and make your active game day roster because they can – you know, cover kicks or whatever, that is a win. That's what we're talking about with draft picks. That's how they should be evaluated, not as he's going to be our safety for the next 12 years. Okay, let's go to Cleveland.
1: Yeah, Cleveland did not have a ton of draft capital due to the Deshaun Watson and the Amari Cooper trade, but they got Perry on Winfrey, a defensive tackle from Oklahoma. Didn't always love his tape, but he flashes. And they just needed more depth on the defensive line. I think this is somebody who... Probably plays a part of the rotation. Yeah, put him in there every you know third series or so, and I think he can contribute because he's so long and so athletic. Would you agree that Cleveland's a playoff team potentially?
0: It Maybe not a Super Bowl many, team,
1: but a, it depends on how many games Deshaun Watson plays. But if Watson plays, let's say twelve games, yeah, absolutely.
0: Yeah, there's no reason that AFC North can't send three teams to the playoff: Baltimore, Cincinnati, and Cleveland. Yeah. Um, yeah, since they very well could be a playoff team, I'm really glad they got a fifth round pick next year. For a player that could contribute now. Sorry. Okay, let's Still go to the next team.
1: Yeah. Uh Denver. Their first pick wasn't yeah. until 64 due to the Russell Wilson trade. Mm-hmm. They got a player that I had inside of my top 35, and it's Nick Bedito. He's an undersized edge rusher, 6'3, 245 pounds. But he Oklahoma. can yeah, he can really get after the quarterback. He can even play a little bit of a off-the-ball linebacker role if they need to. I think it's interesting that they grabbed him because they signed Randy Gregory, they have Bradley Chubb, but Benito could be that third guy that comes in and blitzes and gives Gregory a break. Uh, a break. I, I think this is good value. Again, you and Chad
0: talked about this being a weak tight end class. The Broncos did take one of the, one of the few teams that took a tight end on a day two pick. Uh, they took Greg Dolchitz. Was this too high for him or was this about right?
1: Yeah, this is about right. And you know, this is where you need to take the developmental tight ends Um Not a blocker at all, but somebody that can get down the middle of the field a little bit. Yeah, it's a good value.
0: All right. uh, Houston Texans, another team that really needed to knock this draft out of the park. There was speculation how much they believed in Davis Mills. Would they actually uh, get a quarterback if one of them fell too far? What did you think of what Houston ended up doing?
1: Yeah, I liked a lot of their picks. I really liked the Kenyon Green selection in the first round. I know that's a little high for a guard. Uh, But I thought he was the best pure guard in the class. But the one that I really liked, Christian Harris, a linebacker from Alabama, super athletic, three years of starting experience, not the most disciplined linebacker, but you go to Lovey Smith, uh, who's really good at coaching linebackers. I think think he could turn him into a borderline starter this year, and if not, a contributor down the road.
0: What I think is interesting about Houston's uh, selection or lack of taking a quarterback is it, it either shows you how much they believed in Davis Mills or how much they really didn't like this quarterback class yeah. as an organization because Marvel, well, and the reason I say that is not because they didn't take one in the first round. It's that these guys kept dropping yep. and Houston had the means to go get who they wanted to get. And they kept passing even when some of these players, uh, you know, like a Malik Willis or a Desmond Ritter fell. It's mm-hmm. like, hey, no, we're good with what we've got. And honestly, I like that. See what you've got. In Davis Mills, use your capital elsewhere. You've got plenty of holes to fill uh, Indianapolis Colts. Not to mention you could take best player available when you're not in the market for yeah. a quarterback. Yeah.
1: Uh, let's talk Colts, Bernard Ryman, offensive tackle, central Michigan, short arms. He's 25 years old because he didn't learn to play football until uh, he got to college. Uh, was a former tight end. Um, uh, I like this quite a bit. I think he reminds me a lot of Eric Fisher, who was the left tackle there last year, who also went to Central Michigan. Uh, I think he's a plug-and-play starter, great in the run game, great athlete. He just doesn't have the longest arms in the world. But that's okay here in the third round.
0: Yeah, the Colts are, again, one of those teams that did take a tight end in the third round. The tight ends were going off the board early. No one really liked the potential there. The Colts ended up taking two tight ends, but the Colts, man, they filled out a lot of different yeah. spots. They, they got a wide receiver, defensive back, offensive line, two tight ends, two defensive tackles, and they uh, swing around the seventh round and got a linebacker out of Yale. Do you know anything about Rodney Thomas 2nd I'm just testing you now.
1: Uh, this one I don't. Sorry. Oh! i can't believe it yep sorry that is a first yeah wow go listen too to much go, gor- go read chad writers write uh, up on him on nfl.com
0: too many charcuterie boards for your friends that you were preparing and not enough tape watching what's, okay uh, what's the key
1: to a good charcuterie board is there a certain cheese that you have to have on there what's the cheese that has the white border like on it brie right?
0: yeah i'm not a yeah uh, that's always on there it's like one of those. Nobody statements. likes it. It just, it stays nobody really likes it. Yes, <laughs> it's just it's there for the decoration, right? It's, it's the, the candy corn of the charcuterie board. Exactly. Yeah. Let's talk about Jacksonville.
1: Uh, they are the candy corn of the NFL. Uh, Jacksonville Jaguars, <laughs> Chad Muma, linebacker, Wyoming. Uh, I actually think he's better than Devin Lloyd, who they traded up for in the first round. Ooh, Muma, hot sports opinion. Yeah. Mooma is very similar to Logan Wilson, who came out of Wyoming a couple of years ago. Excellent in coverage super smart uh has phenomenal athleticism wouldn't be shocked if lloyd if if muma beats out lloyd in training camp for one of the starting linebacker spots yeah the jags had
0: two day one picks they had two day two picks uh right before muma they took uh luke fortner a guard uh obviously they signed brandon sheriff at guards they're fortifying their offensive line i know there was discussion of them taking a guard first overall uh Fifth pick, Snoop Connor out of Mississippi. This is usually where you like to see a
1: running back drafted. Yeah. So is was this a good pick? Were you okay with? It? Yes, running yes. backs don't matter. Very good inside runner. Doesn't offer a lot in the passing game, but man, he runs hard. Only
0: thing I wonder there though is, uh, man, Travis Etienne's coming back,
1: right? Like, how, how much do you need?
0: Oh well, it's a fifth well, round pick, I, right?
1: Got to remember James Robinson tore his Achilles in Week 18, so we'll we'll see how he's doing this year. Yeah, that's true. That's true. I was just thinking maybe they could have traded that fifth round pick for a defensive back that could contribute right away, like Troy Hill. Uh, All
0: right, uh, Kansas City Chiefs, we're moving on. We're
1: on to Cincinnati, except Kansas City. Darian Kennard, a guard slash tackle from Kentucky, fell well into day three. I thought he could have been Mm -hmm. an option for teams in the second round. Reminds me a lot of Trey Smith, where, yeah, not a great athlete, but super powerful. And if you're looking for a guy that could be a really good backup right away who maybe could eventually play right tackle in the NFL, I really like Kennard. And this is what good teams do is they find guys in the fifth, sixth, seventh round that can come in, they can be good backups, and if they're forced into action, it's not going to kill you. So I I love this pick by the Chiefs here with Kennard.
0: A couple things. Uh, There seems to be a difference between offensive linemen that spent their time in the SEC and other conferences, Mm -hmm. even I as the uh, non college football fan understand that, but another thing that that you and I talked about on the phone, that I think, is important. When we talk about the value of draft picks, and we say, "Hey, they got you know a fifth round pick," um, that's great, but that means different things to different organizations based on how well that organization drafts, mm-hmm. right? And if you don't draft well, that draft pick doesn't really have a lot of value. Kansas City did a great job drafting on offensive line. Last year, they've proven they can develop young talent. I think that's another feather in the cap here uh, yes. on this
1: pick. Yeah, I 100% agree. They're, they're fin- fantastic on day three as well.
0: All right, Las Vegas Raiders. It's the uh, They were hosting the draft, and I, I don't think I circled back on Houston. Houston, by the way, never ended up taking a quarterback at all nope. in the draft. Uh, I should have uh, put the dot on that sentence.
1: Okay, let's talk Las Vegas. Uh, you know how much I love offensive guard play, so we're going to go on a little bit of a run here. Dylan Parham. Yes. Uh, the yep. guy that took it number 90, their first pick. Yep. Undersized, but very athletic, very productive. Played right tackle, left guard, and right guard for them. I think his best spot in the NFL might be center. Uh, probably not a day one starter for the Raiders, but somebody that gives him uh, another athlete and, and more depth on the offensive line.
0: Yeah, so I was listening to the draft on uh, Sirius Radio. I was listening to Pat Kerwin. It's always good to go listen to Pat Kerwin <laughs> on Move the Chains if you guys have Sirius. It's Channel 88. Um, he I think it was this pick that he kind of went on a a, a, a curmudgeony Carl kind of ran about teams don't want to activate a lot of linemen on game day anymore Mm -hmm. so if you're not going to activate you know more than seven linemen or if you're only going to activate six which is ridiculous to think about but You need to have a guy that can play multiple positions. And when you have a guy like this, that you can get in the back end of the third round, right? Who could come in and look, maybe he won't be as good at left guard for you as he would at right tackle or whatever. The fact that he can just come in and play and it won't totally destroy your offensive game plan is huge.
1: Yep, exactly. And I think he's got the potential to be a good starter down the road too. We'll see where they try to play him at center, a left guard, but I think this is a good player.
0: I mean the only thing that affects podcast ratings more than talking about the strategy of uh guard play is talking about guard versus tackle. So do we can we do that again with the Chargers? Sure. Zion
1: Johnson, guard from Austin yeah, College. It. I knew it. But When you have a quarterback quarterback like Justin Herbert, as long as you can protect him, you're going to be in every single game. I love the selection of Rashawn Slater last year. And you go back to the well and you draft Zion Johnson and play either guard spots, can play center, even play tackle at Boston College. Phenomenal pick by the Chargers.
0: I could have mimicked you, your cadence and everything, and given that exact analysis as you – I knew that's where I, you I should going. have wore
1: my Chargers polo today.
0: Yeah. Let's talk Miami. Uh, Miami strengthened their offensive line uh, in free agency. You mentioned Teron Armstead earlier in this uh, podcast. Uh, what were you thinking
1: about their draft? They only had a few picks, but keep an eye on Skylar Thompson, a quarterback from uh, Kansas State. When I watched him against LSU and Baylor – and Texas and Oklahoma, he just made plays on third down. He's got good, good arm strength, good athleticism. It seemed like anytime he was in third and nine, third and 12, you just expected him to convert. We'll see. We'll see if if Mike McDaniel likes him. Probably not going to be on the active roster of practice squad quarterback, but I think he's, he's got a little bit of something to watch for Elliott. Uh, were you familiar with Eric Izukama? Yeah, a really athletic receiver from Texas Tech that played in the slot, played on the outside. One of the best guys in the in the class after the catch. A uh, little surprised he went that high, but it uh, makes a lot of sense in Miami's offense.
0: I said it fast because I had no idea how to say that last name. Is it it Ezek- comma? yep, you got it. Ezek- it's just Ezekanma, okay. Yep. I- could not figure out how to say that. Uh, Easy thing- the nickname. Yep. Oh, yeah. So, one of the things they talked about with him is that it was, again, Pat Kerwin, when I was listening, was that you you expect a Texas Tech receiver always to be kind of like a smallish, fast guy. <laughs> and this dude's 6'3, 220. Yeah,
1: he's big. He's big. Yeah.
0: Can I-, I say it again Ezek Conma? Yeah, he's a right? comma. Uh just Golly, easy. I cannot
1: say that. They, right, Miami easy. Miami got a bunch of receivers this offseason, but the the thing that they every one of them has is the ability to make plays after the catch. That's why it's a good fit here.
0: All right. Uh even though you think they was went too high drafting them. So you bit. don't like it yeah. that much. Okay. Uh New England has needed some help at wide receiver, but this is a place that they have missed a lot. Uh, what pick do you think they hit on in this draft?
1: Yeah, and we Chad and I mocked this one in our third round mock mock. Uh, Marcus Jones, a cornerback from Houston, mm-hmm. the most versatile player in the draft, played wide receiver for them this year and got open all the time, was a two-time All-American as a cornerback, two-time All-American as a punt returner, super dynamic with the ball in his hands. He's a perfect fit in New England.
0: Boy, New England's draft, is, you know, they, they get a first-rounder out of Chattanooga. They get a fourth-rounder out of Western Kentucky, a fourth-rounder out of South Dakota State, a sixth-rounder out of Northwest Missouri State. Whenever you have a direction in front of the college and a state afterwards, yeah, anyway.
1: And then their second-round pick, Tyquan Thornton, uh, was a senior receiver out of Baylor that didn't even get an invite to the Senior Bowl, and he went inside the top 50. Pretty incredible. All
0: right, uh, New York Jets uh,
1: mm. next. What pick are you going to go here? Yeah, they're all great, right? Jermaine Johnson, edge rusher from Florida State. If you would have told me pre-draft that the Jets were taking him at 10, I would have thought, hey, you know what? That's a great pick. Can play the run. It's got pass rushing upside, super long. I would have liked it. So to get him at the later part of the first round and trade up is phenomenal. I think you pair him with and Williams and Carl Lawson. I think he instantly becomes an NFL starter with a ceiling that's much higher than that
0: couple of guys here that I, I thought were interesting. By the way, I, I told you Garrett Wilson, he just looked fast to me walking in his suit. I was like, I know that guy can fly. I know yep. that guy yep. could fly. Uh, but a couple of picks here. In the third round, they got the tight end from Ohio State. Jeremy and, Rucker. Yep. Right. When you think of all the balls the wide receivers were catching, obviously the tight end is not going to shine. So the fact that he went, granted, it was with a compensatory pick at the end of the third round, but this guy must have real, real talent because how much tape could you have watched on the guy catching the football?
1: Yeah, none, but he is a great blocker. The Jets have already invested a ton into their tight end run this year with C.J. Uzama and Tyler Conklin, but you can put this guy as a fullback. You can put him out wide as a receiver. I really like this pick. Uh,
0: Brees Hall, you told me uh, that if this were a draft, even five, mm-hmm. 10 years ago, that he could be a top 10 pick with his talent. I know you don't typically like running backs in round two. I know. I think round three is about as high this, as this you is like a, to go.
1: Great fit. I, I think this is perfect, especially when you consider who's on the roster with Michael Carter and you consider the quarterback. This is a guy that you can dump the ball off to the passing game. You can give him 18 touches on the ground and he just gets better as the game goes on. I think, After the Jets filled their three biggest holes in the first round, Mm -hmm. love this value. You know,
0: uh, we talk about taking BPA. This was really high for a running back these days. What was he, the fourth pick of the second round? I mean, that doesn't matter. It's a good value, though. Okay. Uh, Pittsburgh Steelers, your favorite team.
1: Calvin Austin, wide receiver from Memphis. They drafted a receiver in the second round, George Pickens. I won't be shocked if that Calvin Austin isn't the better player because he's just so much more dynamic with the football in his hands. He's got experience playing outside and in the slot. He can also help out in the return game. He's lightning quick, but he's also got long speed. And that's just something you don't see very often. I think he immediately comes in and he's the number four receiver. There helps as a returner and we'll see. Pittsburgh has a lot of experience with these smaller kind of Mac receivers would not be surprised if he has a lot of success.
0: They took Connor Hayward uh, after they took him. Another guy I had a hard time pronouncing his name, uh, just like the Texas Tech wide receiver, was uh, Pittsburgh's quarterback that they took in the seventh round. So the second quarterback they took, is it Chris Aladakun?
1: Yes, Aladakun. Uh, very athletic, above-average arm, needs to work on his accuracy. But I think this is somebody that Pittsburgh wanted to draft, stash him on the practice squad. And you can use him as like a little Mar Jackson on the scout team. I I think that was the idea there. Okay.
0: It's a seventh round pick, right? You're just,
1: I mean, if a guy seventh round pick makes your practice squad and he helps you in
0: in camp, that's a, that's a good pick. All right. Uh, Tennessee Titans. They had a very interesting draft. I would say, which pick did you like the best? Malik Willis,
1: uh, quarterback from Liberty. I, I was never behind him as a first round quarterback prospect, but in the third round, Yeah, absolutely, and I do think this is a good team fit for him because uh, he can go, he can learn behind Ryan Tannehill, he's not going to be forced into action right away, and then when he does play, I think Mike Frabel is going to do a very good job of not putting a ton on his plate, you know, very much a run control or, you know, run-heavy offense that uses a lot of play action, can use his legs to help make plays on third down, but I think this is a good landing spot for him.
0: All right. So if he ends up having to play and then Ryan Tannehill could be a trade chip to build your team up, that's one thing. But Tennessee is a team that wants to win now with a healthy Derrick Henry. This is a third round pick. I just can't get behind sitting a quarterback, sitting your third round pick for two years intentionally. And okay, so let's say you play him year three. He does okay. His fourth year, he's great. Next thing you know, you're paying him $50 million a year. Why not not draft the quarterback? Take somebody that can contribute to your Super Bowl-ready team right now to compete with Buffalo and Cincinnati and whoever. Um, and if you need a quarterback in three or four years, just go on the market and outbid
1: somebody else. Problem is, is good quarterbacks don't hit free agency very often. And if you're trading for one, you're trading for them and then giving them a new contract. I, I think this one... Because Ryan Tannehill has been an okay starter, right? And he's getting a little older. I believe he's 34 years old. I don't think it's the worst idea in the world to spend a late third-round pick on a guy that you think has some traits that are worth developing.
0: Okay. Hey, I I just – I think about these things, and I just – I can't – it's hard for me to get behind intentionally sitting someone for –
1: no, but way well, the, g- well, the game is played now. Let's be clear, though. If this was a first round pick and you were sitting him for two years, I would have a big problem with it. But when you get to the third okay. round, that's where backup quarterback prospects kind of start to go off the board. Right. That's OK. Yeah. It's not a bad idea to, to grab somebody and let them sit.
0: That's fair. Some of my bias is probably coming from the fact that there was so much uh, prognostication that he would go in the first round, and so I'm still thinking of him in those terms. But uh, let's move on from Tennessee. Uh,
1: That's it. That's all of our teams.
0: (laughs) I see Courtney laughing. I'm like, as I said that, I'm like, we don't have any more teams. We've we've uh, we've swapped the rundown several times. So, but I have, but I have something for you. Okay. So, all right. So. Uh, we've talked about the draft, draft theory. Um, you and I have talked about going BPA versus need. After watching this draft, and I know you're going to need some more time to let it sink in, do you think that teams, most of the teams approached the draft the right way and truly went off of their board, or did you see a lot of need picking in this draft? Because I actually felt like I saw a lot of need picking picking in this draft? Am I wrong? At least in the early stages.
1: Yeah, I'd say probably 30 of the 32 teams draft based on need because you have to, right? Because if you only draft best players available, more often than not, you're going to be ignoring the positions that really matter, like quarterback, offensive tackle, uh, corner, edge rusher, like those. It's very rare that the best players just happen to fall to you at those spots. You have to reach a little bit and hope that you know this guy ends up turning out. So, I think teams like to lie all the time and say, "Hey, we drafted the best player available on our board." That's not true. We know it's not true, or you artificially move the guy up on your board so it makes it seem like he was the best player available when you know that's not the case.
0: That's why I think the draft is such a huge conundrum and is so misunderstood even by like really intelligent football people. If you really want to win the draft, I think you take the best player available. Yeah. If you're trying to win in the NFL where everything has become now, 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 you have to pick on need. They yeah. they don't coexist well at all. And so I think as an organization, you have to make up your mind what you're doing. And I, as I told you before, I think there's about eight teams, six or eight teams that have not the right, but should be thinking all about right now and the rest of them should be taken BPA. I think you've got to be really honest with yourself and not expect that you're going to catch lightning in a bottle like
1: Cincinnati did. Absolutely. I, I, I think need-based drafting, need based drafting is very common because it has to be. You, you've got to find guys at the most important spots, and a lot of times you're taking a chance hoping that they pan out.
0: All right, let's go to the next team. Oh, wait, yeah, that's next right. next team. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, so I know that you've got picks that you don't like. Maybe we will do those on a future podcast, but we wanted to do some positive vibes here other than my curmudgeony Carl take at the top. And uh, look, Marcus, I, most of these picks, I think you made really great cases. And I like the fact that you reached into day three into the back end of day two quite a bit on this, but there are also some top-heavy top first-round picks that you liked a lot as well. <clears throat> Overall, would you say... The Jets had the best draft or do you hmm. think it was someone we already talked about the Jets? Is there a that's for the best overall
1: draft haul? I think the Jets are obviously in there. I think Baltimore's in there. I think the Colts had a sneaky good draft. When you get a, a left tackle in the third round that probably is going to play right away, you get a receiver that could help right away in alex pierce and then another tight end prospect that's 270 pounds like mo alley cox and jelaney woods i think the colts had a really strong draft yeah and as
0: i uh, mentioned before the colts really hit a lot of different parts of their team so mm-hmm. uh hey uh, we've talked before their 2018 draft class was huge it's a big reason they made the playoffs they won in the wild card round they lost to kansas city Uh, In the divisional, that was Andrew Lux last year, quarterback, but they really uh, had one of the better drafts of the last 20 years uh, that year. Hopefully they can do it again. But with that, I will give you the final thought, my friend.
1: I don't think there was any team in this draft that improved maybe their win total more than the Detroit Lions, right? You Mm -hmm. get somebody on defense that you absolutely needed to get in Aiden Hutchinson. You draft Josh Pascal, uh, in the in the second round, you grab Jamison Williams, the speedy receiver from Alabama. And all of a sudden that roster got a whole lot better at some spots that they were really weak at last year. I, I like the Detroit Lions draft a lot. If they can stay healthy this year, I would not be surprised if they win seven, eight games. I really wouldn't.
0: I you know I do have an off football question for you real quick. Now that you've done all this work for the draft, and it's done, right? It's done. Mm-hmm. Are you going to go on vacation? Like uh, enough football tape watching? Where are you going?
1: Yeah, we're going uh, in July to Delaware for a little bit for a few weeks and then a couple little Delaware, to be whisked yeah. away to Delaware. Listen, there's a really nice beach and beach house out there that we stay at. It should be a lot of fun. But uh,
0: that, I think I was in Wayne's World where they like want a trip to Delaware. Listen, man, don't sleep
1: on Delaware. Delaware is nice. Oh,
0: I think I want to go to Japan, man. Uh, I nice. watched I uh, watched YouTube video of hiking in Japan. I I would really like to go to Japan so bad. Um, yeah, but there we go. So Japan, Delaware, you know,
1: Mexico. That's uh, one of my favorite places. I I love Mexico.
0: Oh yeah, I'm sure you do a lot of sightseeing in Mexico uh, from your all inclusive room to your all
1: inclusive. Uh... Costa Maya is <laughs> really nice. I I really enjoyed Costa Maya.
0: I went to Chichen Itza in Mexico and saw the Mayan ruins. That was amazing. Oh, yeah, I will never forget cool. that. I like to see a lot of historical stuff and Japan is just a beautiful country. I've I've uh, yeah, I've wanted to go see that for quite some time. I so. Might venture out to Pittsburgh anyway, this
1: year. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe
0: shack up at a holiday in select. You know? uh, I just did that a couple of uh, weeks ago. Pool. It
1: was really nice. We, we did the, We got yeah. to the heated pool like seven o'clock in the morning. Nobody there eating our breakfast. here comes the music (laughs) I'm I'm
0: old enough to remember going on vacation with my dad and seeing like hotels that said we have cable yeah all right. so he is at Marcus (laughs) at Marcus underscore Mosher he's a host of Locked On Cowboys he also covers the Raiders for USA Today even though he never has good takes about them on Twitter anymore he's done he's so you're so done I'm at Harrison NFL on Twitter we thank Courtney Eric and Herbert at Brinks. We'll see you all.